In this episode of 2000 Books, one of the most profound paradoxes of life, why slow is fast and fast is slow. Well, hello, hello, my ambitious friends, and welcome to 2000 Books, where we bring you the most important actionable ideas from the world's greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs. Books in the field of startups, marketing, sales, productivity, management, leadership, strategy, self-help, and much more. And I'm your host, Manny Vile. Carl Onore is an award-winning writer, broadcaster, and TED speaker with over 2 million views. Considered the godfather of the slow movement, he has written two books on the topic, In Praise of Slowness and The Slow Fix. Today, we're talking about his book, In Praise of Slowness. Carl, I'm really excited to be chatting with you today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be with you. Thank you. Um, Let me ask you, why should an ambitious entrepreneur read in praise of slowness. They sound kind of paradoxical in some ways. It, it does sound like a bit of a paradox. And I actually think that ambitious entrepreneurs especially need to read this book because we live in a world that's stuck in fast forward. Every moment of the day has become a race against the clock. And this is taking a toll on all of our lives, on every aspect of what we do from our health and diet to our happiness, to our relationships, our ability to listen, think, innovate, create. It's hurting all of us. But I think it's especially damaging to hard-driving, uh, impatient entrepreneurs who are even faster, who are even more infected by this virus of hurry, and who need an ejection of slowness in order to strike a balance, in order to thrive more in this, in this fast world. They need a bit of slow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, tell us your personal story and what led you to writing the book. Well, I think when you get stuck in fast forward, it often takes a wake-up call to make you realize that uh, you're going too fast. For a lot of people, that wake-up call comes in the form of an illness. The body just packs it in one day. But my wake-up call came when I started reading bedtime stories to my son. And back in those days, I just simply couldn't slow down. So I'd go into his room at the end of the day, sit on his bed with one foot on the floor, and speed read Snow White, You know, skipping lines, paragraphs, entire pages. I became, in fact, an expert in what I call the multiple page turn technique, which I think any parent <laughs> out there will recognize with a horrible wince. Uh, but these tricks never work because my son knew the books inside out and he'd always catch me and say daddy why are there only three dwarves in the story you know what happened to grumpy and and this really lamentable state of affairs went on for some time until i caught myself flirting with buying a book i heard about a book called the one minute bedtime story so snow white and all the great tales boiled down to 60 second chunks and i did actually catch myself thinking hallelujah you know what a great idea i need this book now from amazon drone delivery but then i had a second reaction which is very different i thought whoa has it really come to this am i Am I really in such a hurry? I'm prepared to fob off my son with a sound bite. And that was the moment of epiphany for me. I realized then that I was racing through my life instead of actually living it. Wow, such a such a powerful moment. And in some ways, uh, probably something that we all uh, wrestle with in some way, shape or form in our lives. Very much so. Yeah. Um, let, let's, let's talk about in praise of slowness. Let's talk about maybe a 10,000 feet overview of what is slowness? What is slowness to you? Well, well, to me, the slow with a capital S, the slow movement is not about doing everything very slowly at a snail's pace. That would be ridiculous. I'm not a, an extremist or a fundamentalist of slowness. I love speed. I'm quite a fast person by nature. Faster is often better, and we all know that, but not always. And that's the key here, because slow, this slow culture quake, is about doing things at the right speed, at what musicians call the tempo justo, the idea that each moment has the right tempo for it. Slow is about 
putting quality before quantity. It's about doing things mindfully, giving them the time and attention they need and deserve. It's about being present in the moment. It's about savoring the minutes and seconds instead of counting them. It's ultimately, it's about doing things not as fast as possible, but as well as possible. And that's, a, in its essence, a very simple idea, but actually a very powerful one in a world that is addicted to hurry and impatience. Absolutely. And as entrepreneurs, that's something we need to learn over and over again, because um, be producing stuff of high quality rather than just producing stuff, there's such a huge difference. And there, the world doesn't reward you for producing stuff that doesn't really, you know, that's not high quality, but it's been done with high speed. So really, really important um, realization there. So let, let's talk about um, the three key ideas, because here we like to compartmentalize things. We like to focus on three key ideas as they pertain to an entrepreneur, a business owner, a startup owner. So let's delve into that. Okay. Well, I think the first one has to do with probably relationships that uh, any thriving business needs. It's built on its people, the ability for those people to get along with each other, to exchange ideas, to collaborate, and so on. At that rests on a very simple foundation stone, which is strong human bonds. And you cannot build strong human relationships in a hurry. You can't download a friendship or, uh, you know, Bluetooth trust into a team. It takes time. You need to slow down, be present with people, listen, have real conversations. And that, I think, is a, a starting point for any strong business, whether you're talking about building that s strong relationship with the people inside your business or clients or investors outside it, you need to be able to slow down and make human bonds, forge strong human contacts with people. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think uh, one of the things I learned from Stephen Covey in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he said, when it comes to relationships, slow is fast and fast is slow. Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's And in fact, that underlines an idea that I always boot around, which is the, the, the delicious paradox of slow, that by slowing down and doing things well at the right speed, very often you get not only better results, but often you get those results faster. Uh, you know, In other words, let's put it another way. In order to go fast, you have to slow down sometimes. Or the military has an expression too, which fits into the same sphere. They talk about slow is smooth. And smooth is fast, right? And it's it's it comes back to all those ideas. If you if you go too fast, you make more mistakes. You've got to you know fix them later on. Uh, you don't build those deep connections. You don't take that time for deep reflection. Uh, you need to have both. And in fact, this is not just a message that's coming from me or other people who are embracing this idea of slow. It's it's coming from the oracles of business success. Not very long ago, the Economist magazine published a long survey looking into the pace of modern business. And they concluded that, yes, many things were getting faster, but many weren't. And that what was needed ultimately was a balance. And the final two lines of that article from The Economist magazine are, in fact, a perfect summation of my slow philosophy. They went like this. They said, The Economist concluded thus. It said, forget frantic acceleration. Mastering the clock of business means knowing when to be fast and when to be slow. And there it is, in a tidy, shiny nutshell, the slow philosophy in action, knowing when to be fast and when to be slow. And, you know, that's The Economist magazine. It's not Buddhist Monthly or Acupuncture Weekly, right? This is the in-house in Bible of, of entrepreneurs the world over. And what's it saying to people? It's saying, slow down sometimes, right? Not all the time, but slow down sometimes. Relearn the lost art of shifting gears. 
Right. And and like focusing on the idea of building relationships the slow way, because somehow we have this notion that everything can be done fast. So, and especially relationships, we have this notion that we could be efficient with it. Somehow we can, you know, get things done through our employees in an efficient way or through our partners in an efficient way or through our friends in an efficient way. And uh, seems like what you're saying is that doesn't work. No, it doesn't. And this is one of the great myths of the early 21st century. And I think it's been foisted upon us by the Silicon Valley culture, this obsession with frictionlessness, right? They want everything to be frictionless. And in fact, it's in human relationships that when you have a bit of friction, when you're forced to slow down and confront the other person and get to grips with them, that that's when the music and the magic happens. That's when real relationships begin to, to flourish. If everything moves at the speed of sound, everything moves in a blur, you can't, you can't connect with people. You can't even connect with yourself. And I think this is part of the problem now is that we have 943 friends on Facebook, but when was the last time we actually sat down in a park with one of them and had a long conversation without looking at our phones, right? It's again, it's that we're, we're putting quantity ahead of quality with relationships. And you see it right across, I mean, it's, you see it very much in the workplace. You see it in our private lives as well, but it's, it's taking a real toll, I think, on a lot of businesses. But increasingly, you are starting to see more and more research uh, backing up the idea that slowing down, taking time to build relationships is essential and is not a waste of time, but rather a wise investment. Some research came out recently. They went into a call center. I think it was for Bank of America. And they looked at who were the most highly performing teams. And they discovered that the best teams, the most efficient and, and most successful teams in that call center were the ones who did exactly what their bosses told them not to do, which was that they took time just to chat hang out, gossip, you know, build relationships, swap ideas, slowly over a cup of coffee or at the water cooler. They, you know, they, they slowed down, essentially, and connected. And as a result, the bottom line went up. So, it's, again, it's that delicious paradox because we've swallowed this idea that seems so gloriously 21st century and so achingly modern that to be always on, to be fast all the time is going to turn you into some kind of superman of productivity when, in fact, it, it does quite the opposite. If you, if you never slow down, you, do, you, you miss out on so much, not only your private life, but also in your working life. Right. It's almost like um, this paradox is, it's like it's the mainstay of this book in some ways in the, in the sense that slow actually leads us to faster results and fast leads us to slower results. And we'll keep coming back to that idea as we <laughs> discuss other ideas. So um, let's talk about the next big idea that I thought was really powerful when it came, came to entrepreneurial thinking, which is thinking fast and thinking slow in the sense there's mm -hmm. time and space for both. So tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, there are different modes of thought. And broadly speaking, you can talk about fast thinking and slow thinking. And both are crucial and essential for business success. There are times when you have to shoot from the hip. You've got to make a swift decision. You've got to trust your gut and go with your instinct and not overthink things. You've got to be fast. Of course you do. But there's another kind of thinking, which is more discursive, more rambling, more time-consuming, more slow, that, that happens actually when we're in a relaxed, mellow state. And, and the brain research shows that, well, that when we do slip into a slower, more mellow uh, state of mind, the brain waves move in richer, more nuanced patterns. And that's when we get those breakthrough moments of creative thinking, the, 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 the flashes of genius. And that's the kind of thinking psychologists actually call that slow thinking. Right? And I think you know, your listeners will recognize this from their own lives if they ask themselves, you know, when do your best ideas come to you? You know, the, the answer to that question is usually in the shower, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not when you're juggling 19 emails or rushing to beat a deadline 
with a boss or a client breathing down your neck. It's when you're relaxed and in a slow, unhurried state, uh, you know, walking the dog or in the shower or in the bath or whatever. And in fact, all of there's a whole library of time pressure studies that show very clearly that time pressure and deadlines are very useful for focusing the mind, spurring us on, galvanizing us in the short term, but only up to a certain point. Beyond that, we hit a plateau and then we go off a cliff edge. In other words, too much time pressure narrows our horizons, closes down the lens of thought and makes us reach for the low-hanging fruit, the easy solutions, the quick fixes that end up blowing up in our face further down the road. We become less creative than when we slow down and, and take a bit more time and forget the clock, actually, from time to time. And again, that brings us back to that delicious paradox again. Often by forgetting the clock, you'll come up with that you know, blue sky, creative flash of genius more quickly than if you have one eye on the clock the whole time and are desperately trying to drag it out of yourself like blood from a stone. Right, and it's 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 uh, it's a challenge for us entrepreneurs, for uh, for business owners, because what we find ourselves with, is what we often end up with, are deadlines and time pressures and all the different pressures from the investors, or maybe from the customers, or from a launch deadline, or whatever it might be. But I guess there is a rhythm to this. We can have the pressure and also be able to still take off you know take time off from everything and still be able to relax and exactly two ways two two ways to think about those deadlines one is that you need to avoid getting infected by deadline itis so what often happens i think for entrepreneurs and i know this happened to me as well is that in the workplace i had genuine deadlines that many of which made sense but then when i clocked off and went home to read bedtime stories or eat dinner with my family or just go for a walk in the evening, I was still in deadline mode, right? And no one was forcing me to do that. I was just stuck in this way of being. So that's a good place to start is just to catch yourself when you leave, when you do actually clock off or leave the office or get away to, to a private moment where there are no deadlines to make sure you're not in deadline mode, right? To, to try and take, take a few deep breaths and just slow down into that moment. The second way to think about this barrage and bombardment of deadlines is that Yes, some of those deadlines are unnegotiable. You, you've got to, to meet them. But, but many of them, well, you know, I think for many of us, if we asked the person who had inflicted the deadline on us or tried to see if there was more time or if that deadline really was as hard as it seemed on the surface, we'd find that there was some wiggle room often because many people throw deadlines at us and at other people simply as a defensive mechanism, right? Because they're trying to sort of protect their own time or make themselves look powerful and all you know, um, uh, omnipotent. And, and I think if you open up a conversation with the people who you work with, the work for, and start asking questions about when it really makes sense to be in this deadline mode, could we, could we you know, move this deadline here or not have a deadline and do these things differently, then there's, there's often more room to move, maneuver than you think. And, and I say that not just because I'm spouting off from, you know, uh, off the top of my head, but, but, you know, I do work with a lot of entrepreneurs and, and you know, those who do take that first step often find to their surprise that there is room to to carve out some space where you're not constantly on the deadline even in the workplace yeah and uh, just to go, just to kind of put closure to this idea i think it's important for our listeners to realize that oh, you're not advocating that you just don't have any deadlines what you're saying is there's a time and place for it and there's a time and place where we don't need them exactly in a, in a nutshell that's it uh, and I, I think it's about taking time pausing reflecting and looking at how your day is structured, how your year is structured, how your business is put together, and asking those deep, hard questions. You know, when do we actually need to be in deadline mode? Find those moments 
and be in deadline mode then. But then try and clear out the deadlines, the unnecessary deadlines from the rest of your working space in order to, to be able to shift gears between the fast and the slow and to get away from that, the tyranny of time pressure. Because when it, as I said earlier, when time pressure becomes all-consuming, then everything suffers, <laughs> not only your health and, and, and happiness, but also your bottom line. Yeah, um, th- this, is, this is really great. Uh, I was talking to uh, a couple of other guys in the same field, Daniel Levitin and uh, David Allen, and they were talking about similar ideas in the sense that it's part of being, entrep- being an entrepreneur, it's part of being a business owner. We've got to kind of learn to have this dance, even in the face of external pressures, even in the face of deadlines and everything else. We need to cultivate the ability to slow down and take it easy and find a way to go through it with everything in our face. To be the, to be the eye of the storm. And in fact, there's another way to think about this, which is that if you do, for instance, yoga or meditation and you cultivate a kind of inner calm or an inner slowness, uh, then when you do find yourself in a situation where things are moving very fast around you, you can stay calm and focused and still and concentrated and in control of the inside, even though things are moving really swiftly all around you. And, you know, athletes have always described that as being in the zone, that sense. I mean, Jimmy Connors, the tennis player, used to describe how in moments of high tension and high pressure in a tennis match, the ball would seem almost to slow down to be. He said it was as big, it looked as big as a beach ball coming over the net because he, of course it wasn't, it was the same size. It was coming at him at who knows how many, you know, hundred miles an hour. But to him, his perception was that it actually slowed down because he was calm, focused, mind, body in harmony on the inside. He was able to almost to slow down like, like a character from the matrix, right? You know, able to sort of, you know, affect change on the, the spatial movement of the objects around him. And, and that's, you know, I'm not trying to get into sort of voodoo Yoda territory here, but this is some, this is something that is an observable phenomenon. And I, you know, that everybody has some access to is just building that, reservoir of internal slowness and internal calm that allows you to go out onto a battlefield of speed and not get caught up in it, not feel your head spinning out of control, but staying calm and being able to deal with that speed. And in fact, you know, meditation is a very good metaphor, I think. You know, mindfulness, which has been roaring through the workplace, companies of all sizes in every sector of the global economy getting their staff to you know, turning that old adage on its head, don't just sit there, do something. They're saying to their staff, don't just do something, sit there, right? And getting them to meditate. And, you know, we know now that meditation has a remarkable effect on the human animal. It enhances feelings of calm, builds that inner slowness, reduces stress, you know, makes you concentrate better. But it also does something even deeper. It turns out that over time, meditation will rewire your brain. It will increase the level of what's called gyrification. That means you have more folds in the cerebral cortex. And if you have more density or more folds in your cerebral cortex, guess what you can do? You can process information faster, right? Which brings us back to that delicious paradox of slow again, that those who slow down through mindfulness practice and meditation uh, are better able to cope in a fast-moving world than those who never slow down at all. You know, in order to, in order to thrive in this fast world, you have to master the art of slowness. That's great. And I think this leads us, kind of this discussion that we've been having, it leads us to the next big idea, as we talked about in the pre-interview, which is controlling the rhythms of life. That's what slowness is really, it boils down to that in some ways, right? Very much so. Yeah, that's the essence of what the whole slow culture quake is about, is about bringing back the, 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 the art of, of, of tempo, 
right? We, because at the, at the moment, we have a society that is pushing us to have one tempo, which is full speed ahead. You know, we've got one gear and that gear is turbo. And this is taking a horrendous toll on every aspect of our lives, you know, from our ability to think and create in the workplace, to our health and diet, to our relationships and to the environment. You know, the whole thing is just spinning out of control. And a big gain from slowing down is getting back in touch with all those different tempos. There's always, there's a range of different cadences and rhythms and speeds. And it's about having not only the awareness of those different rhythms, but also the courage to say, you know what, in this moment for me, this is the right rhythm. I don't care what anyone else is doing. You know, you can make fun of me, you can scorn, you can raise an eyebrow in disbelief that I'm slowing down, but this is the right tempo for me now and I'm sticking to it. And that's really what I think every true entrepreneur needs to get to that place of saying, you know what, I know what's right for me. And that's what I'm going to do. And, and ultimately, I, as a natural optimist as an, and as a natural entrepreneur, I think that we can all get there because that's ultimately what we are. We're, we're very self-driven. The, the trouble is that we're self-driven in a society that just constantly pushes us towards the idea that faster is better. And in fact, I think one of the main obstacles for many entrepreneurs is, is a cultural taboo, that there is a deep and abiding taboo in our culture against the very idea of slowness that slow is a four-letter word. It's a dirty word. It's a pejorative term. It's a byword in our culture for stupid, lazy, unproductive, unmodern, you know, for, for roadkill. And so even when we yearn to slow down as entrepreneurs, even when we are desperate to put on the brakes, we can feel in our bones it would be good for us. We don't do it because of that taboo, which makes us feel guilty or ashamed or afraid. And I guess a big part of this slow movement or revolution is, is, is aiming at smashing that taboo into a million pieces so that entrepreneurs, but everyone can just say, you know what, you do what you do. And I'm going I'm to move through this moment at my tempo so that I live this moment fully and get the most out of it rather than skim the surface and rush through it and forget about it, you know, uh, three hours from now. Yeah, it's almost like we have to impose our strength, our will on to what is coming at us, we have to be able to uh, act rather than be in a reactive mode throughout our days, throughout our lives. Yes, I think we need to be agents of our own timekeeping. And it's, it's too easy, it's too easy in, a, in a roadrunner culture where, where we're always being told that you know, there's a finish line up ahead, put your head down, run there as quickly as possible. It's very hard to stand on your own and say, you know what, that doesn't work for me in this moment. But that, that is the way forward, and that, uh, I, I think it's unquestionable. Certainly, whenever I meet entrepreneurs or work with them, the, well, the first thing that comes up, I find these days, is the feeling of being overwhelmed, that just everything is moving so fast that they haven't got the time you know, in the workplace to, do, to bring their best self to work because they're always racing the clock, but even in their private lives. And of course, those two things are, are two sides of the same coin. If your private life and work life, if one is out of whack, then there's a good chance the other will be out of balance too. So if you're talking about how to slow down, it really has to be something that is across the board. You know, it's, it's great if you can slow down at least in your private life as a starting point where you have more control over your tempos and your schedule and so on. But I, I definitely would want to urge entrepreneurs not to stop there, but to bring that slow ethos, that slow creed into the workplace as well and have it, have it working for you both at the office and at home in tandem. Yeah, and and I think I was looking for this word, searching for this word in my head when I said we need to act. Actually, the word I thought that I'd really like to, to encompass what we're just talking about, it's like we need to be proactive 
rather mm-hmm. than reactive to what's coming yeah. at us. Well, it's, I'm glad you brought the word reactive in because that's the kind of culture that we live in now. It's a culture of reaction we, rather than reflection. And I think this is a big problem, especially in the workplace, is that we never take time to think. We're always acting. We, we put such a premium on action that we c- crowd out the space and time that every business needs, every entrepreneur needs for, for deep, slow, ambling, reflective thought. And if, we, if you don't have that, you, you don't, I think, really have a, much of a future. And, and I think we need to have moments, as we started out in the beginning of the interview, talking about fast and slow. You need to react sometimes, but you also need to reflect. And I think, coming back to your use of words there, you were talking about being proactive. I think that it's only through reflection that we are able to then be proactive because through reflection, we, just, we are able to pinpoint what needs to be done, what's important, what really matters to us. And once we have that in front of us, then we can be proactive about changing the way we use time and the way we move through our day in order to give space and oxygen to those things that we've decided are important. But if we're stuck, as many of us are, in that first stage, which is the stage of reaction, then we just end up spinning around like headless chickens. Yeah, this is great, Carl. I'm really enjoying this. Now, let's kind of make this really actionable for our listeners because here we always say that there's no learning without action. And I want to make sure our listeners kind of go home and or go to their businesses and really take some very specific action on it. So please give our listeners three specific action items to implement everything we've just talked about. Yeah, okay. Well, my, my first would be to, and this is very countercultural, <laughs> is to do less. Right, you know, we are chronically, especially entrepreneurs, chronically trying to do too much, and, and, and trying to do everything. And you simply cannot do everything well. It's crucial, I think, a first step towards being the best version of yourself as an entrepreneur is to is to pause, push pause, and look at all the things you're doing, and really think, you know, reflect on what's important and what could go. And you, I think, you, many of your listeners out there would be surprised to find that there are some things. It's usually one or two things a day that actually aren't essential that could go and if you once you get your finger on those you know the trash bins over there toss them in it and let let them go and and move on you know allow yourself more time for the things that really matter that really count so do less would be my first uh my first actionable tip the second comes to technology which we haven't talked that much about and i i want to underline up front that i'm not a luddite i think the gadgets are incredible i've got them all right they're great but they all have a little red button on them that means off and when we don't use that button, the gadgets start to backfire on us and they, they, you know, they start to distract us in, in intimate moments with our partners and children. But they also make us less intelligent. We know now from research from you know, Hewlett Packard and others that being always on can take up to 10 points off your IQ level, <laughs> which is double, double the effect of smoking marijuana. You know? So we swallow this idea that seems so gloriously and so you know, wonderfully modern that to be always on, pick up every phone call in the first ring, get back to every email in 30 seconds is going to turn, turn you into an uber-productive master of the universe. But in fact, what it does is it turns you into Cheech and Chong yeah? or, or Charlie Sheen, none of, none of which is that useful in the modern workplace. So a big actionable tip, too, is to unplug, right? To, 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 again, to stop, take time to look at how you use technology and identify moments when you can be off the grid and allow yourself into that deeper, more reflective, more slow, undistracted form of thought, and also to be with people without worrying about what's happening in your inbox, to build those relationships. So to ring fence off times when you're online, looking at your messages, dealing with them, and then switch off so you have times when you're not. Again, that, that metaphor, that image of shifting gears between on and off. You know, we're, we, as human beings, we all have an airplane mode and we need to use it. And, 
And then a, a third and final tip would be to incorporate some kind of slow practice or ritual into your life. And this will be different for everyone. It could be gardening, it might be yoga or painting or reading poetry or cooking or, you know, whatever it is, something that just inoculates you against the virus of hurry. And make sure you build that ritual, embed it in your schedule. A good time to have it there is it first thing in the morning maybe or, or certainly first thing after work when you come home, just to have it there as a break or a vaccination against that hurry sickness that so many of us suffer from. And, and, and those would be my three starting tips. There are many more, <laughs> but the, the time we've got, three fast tips for slowing down, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> three fast tips to get us to really slow down your life. So, <laughs> that is fun. <laughs> Carl, this has been so much fun. I think uh, there's so much wisdom in what you've told us over the last 30 minutes. Now, let's, um, uh, before we close the interview, tell our listeners how to get hold of you, where to find you, all, where to find oh, all sure, your good yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, that's very easy. I, everything to do with me is on my website. So that's just Carl Honore, C A R L H O N O R E, CarlHonore.com. And there you'll find loads of video, uh, audio. I have a podcast where I interview people who are doing interesting things with slow and lots of different walks of life. I've just launched an online course for helping people uh, put these slow ideas into practice in the workplace and, and at home. Uh, I've got a lot of, as I say, video clips of you know stuff. I, I've made a TV show about helping uh, families slow down and stuff. So there's a lot there. And also there's a wonderful, a, a pretty comprehensive links page, which can take you into any of the many branches of the slow movement. So you can find about slow travel, slow sex, slow management, slow leadership, slow, you know, whatever it's, it, there'll be something there. Uh, so that's a good jumping off point is my website. I do. And also, and also I'd like to say, I love sharing ideas and swapping dialoguing back and forth. So if someone's got a thought or a question or a, an observation, just, uh, you know, uh, you can email me through my site and I'll, I'll, I will get back to you at, yeah, it won't. It won't be my people because because I am my people. <laughs> Got it. This is this is great, and of course, your podcast is the Slow Revolution. So that's the one for yeah. all our podcast listeners. That's where to go. Uh, great, uh, Carl. Thank you very much for taking this time to slow down and teach us about slowness. Thank you. Can I can I leave you with one final thought? Absolutely. For your listeners, yeah. Well, when, whenever I talk about slower, the subject comes up. People often say. Well, I, I can't slow down because if I slow down, life will pass me by. But that's, that's not the case because life is actually what's happening right here, right now. And it's only by slowing down that you will be able to live fully. Or let me, let me quote the inimitable Mae West who famously said once, anything worth doing is worth doing slowly. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, on that note, Carl, thank you very much. Thanks. Been a pleasure. So Carl started off the interview with the military philosophy, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And that is what we're aiming to do in our 90-day mental toughness video course. Over a period of 90 days, we will help you develop the most important ingredient of success. Some call it grit, some call it persistence, some call it resilience. I like to think of it as building an indestructible mind. And the beauty of this course is that it is slow and hence it delivers results fast. You will learn a new idea and take action every single day. Five to 10 minutes of learning in the video and then five to 10 minutes of exercise to start your day strong. 
it'll be your daily dose of powerful action to sculpt your brain to create that indestructible brain and you won't get overwhelmed with a whole bunch of ideas as you do when you're reading a book it's just one idea and one action every day for 90 days and by the time you're done you will have a complete tool set of 90 great ideas to navigate through life's toughest challenges um, the course goes live on August 15th, but you can sign up as an early adopter and get a $30 discount right now. The course will be on sale for $99 when it goes live on August 15th, but right now as an early adopter, you can get it only for $69. You can check out the course at 2000books.com tough. That's T-O-U-G-H, tough. Or you can text the word toughness, T-O-U-G-H-N-E-S-S, to 44222 and we will respond back with the registration link and the discount. Well, until next time, my friends, go out and live a courageous life.